ladies and gentlemen, Cardinal fans of all ages, welcome to Chris and Coach Beyond the Box Score. I'm Chris Grace. I'll be your host, joined every week by current Wesleyan Athletic Director and former head football coach, Mike Whalen. Each week, Coach and I will interview some of your favorite former Cardinals and find out exactly what they've been up to. Without further ado, it's time to check in with the coach, Mike Whalen. Coach, another guest tonight and another, you know, just storied career. In this case, we've got a guy who played multiple sports at Wesleyan, but it's really what he's done since he left Middletown that has, has really made his mark in the world of hockey. We've got class of 1974, longtime Avon Old Farms head boys ice hockey coach, John Gardner is joining us. Yeah, you know, John, uh, I got to know John a little bit when he uh, got inducted to the West Hall of Fame and learned a lot about, uh, you know, everything he's accomplished at Avon and, you know, really a tremendous ambassador for the sport, uh, you know, was uh, all the way up to the assistant headmaster at Avon. So has had a, you know, an incredible career uh, at Avon Old Farms and obviously, you know, built one of the, the, the best high school hockey programs in the nation. So really excited to catch up with him tonight. And yeah, we got a lots of stuff to talk to him about. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's won eight New England Division One titles. He's won nine Founders League champions. He's coached multiple Stanley Cup winners. He's he's going to tell us about his experiences personally hanging out with Lord Stanley's Cup. So you're not going to want to miss this interview. But before we do that, we got to take care of some personal business, which means it's time to unmike the producer. It's time to welcome in the man that all the ladies tune in to hear. That's right, Mike O'Brien. Tell us how we can stay connected with Chris and Coach Beyond the Box Score. You can stay connected with the podcast by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Wes underscore athletics and on Facebook at Wesleyan.athletics. We're also on Apple Podcasts where you can subscribe and give us a review. Or if you'd like to contact us directly, you can email athletics at Wesleyan.edu. And don't forget, you can also hit me up directly on my Twitter at Chris Grace 82. And I don't want to forget, I got to say hello to our biggest fan. My niece, Penny, has been listening to these podcasts. So Penny, you know, coach is, you know, coach is doing his thing, but he's going to, he's going to recognize how big of a deal you are, Penny. So you keep listening to Chris and coach, and we're going to keep bringing you all the best episodes. Tell all your friends, Penny, tell all your friends. <laughs> She's going to be all over it. So before we get to uh, our talk with, with coach Gardner, don't forget, we've got a great catalog of episodes right now, coach. I mean, we've talked to Jed Hoyer from the Chicago Cubs. We've talked to Rob King from ESPN. We've got Eric Mangini, Kimberly Martin, and so many more. So please subscribe on Apple. Check out our podcast and give us feedback because we want to do this for you. We want to make sure that you guys are enjoying the podcast that we're bringing to you each and every week. But for now, it's time to check in with tonight's guest, class of 1974, Wesleyan Hall of Famer, Avon Old Farms, boys hockey coach, John Gardner. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another edition of Chris and Coach Beyond the Box Score, your only Wesleyan Athletics podcast. We welcome in a legendary Cardinal alum tonight. Class of 1974, Wesleyan Athletics Hall of Famer, legendary prep school hockey coach, John Gardner. John, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. My pleasure to be here tonight. So, John, obviously, you know, we're going to get into everything you've done at Avon Old Farms as really creating the best prep school hockey program anywhere in New England and perhaps in the entire country. Um, but before we get there, we want to talk about how you ended up in Middletown, how you ended up becoming a Cardinal. Well, first of all, my, my dad was an alum. He graduated in 1951. He played football 
for the legendary Norm Daniels, who I, actually I played baseball for, um, which was a great thing. But I was a I was probably a better football player than I was any, a hockey or baseball player. And I went to Wesleyan because I was a quarterback, and and um, I went there. Um, actually, I was going to go to Amherst. I, I went to Salisbury School and uh, in Salisbury, Connecticut, in the middle of nowhere, Northwest Connecticut. And, uh, you know, Middletown was actually a big city for me when I finally showed up there. But I remember talking to all the coaches and, uh, and they, you know, it wasn't hardcore recruiting like it used to be, but I, I, I talked to the Amherst coach of the legendary Jim Osmondorp. And, uh, and, and I, I, you know, I decided after I talked to him, I'm definitely going to Wesleyan. Um, you know, I don't, <laughs> it was just like, I remember I was talking to him on a dorm phone in a quail dormitory at Salisbury. And I'm like, God, I, I don't think I could ever talk to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, you know, I, and I knew a couple of people at Wesley and my dad knew some people, uh, Phil Cow. Phil Calhoun was who was in the alumni office, and and then you know I thought Wesleyan was a really great place, but it was you know it was, it was a really wild time in '69 and '70 with all the all the strife that was going on, and you know and Wesleyan I remember that fall of '69 had an unbelievable football team that was undefeated that almost didn't play one of their games because of demonstrations and protests, and and uh, you know that, that that stuff was just. Uh, uh, I mean, it, it was foreign to me, but it, you know, it, you wind up that basically I wound up at Wesleyan because uh, I thought it was a, a nice place to be. And I, and I knew that they were building a, they just built a new rink and, um, and, and they were going to, they're going to have a hockey program. And my first year at Wesleyan, it was 70, uh, 71. It was a club team, but you know, we played and, um, I actually missed most of the season. I got a skull fracture, got hit in the head, and uh, and um, I missed most of the season. But uh, then they, we started for real, and the following year with uh, Dave Snyder coaching the team, and uh, you know it was uh, I, I had a great experience. It was my my freshman football year was really frustrating because we didn't have enough for a team, and the freshman weren't allowed to play varsity at that time for that year. They, they actually changed it in the spring so that um, you could play. I played uh, varsity baseball as a freshman. Cause I think that was when the rule change happened in, uh, in um, 70 or 71, but it was, uh, you know, I, I, I sort of like Wesleyan and, and, you know, it was the funny thing about Wesleyan was it was a, uh, Middletown's not a big city, but to me, in growing up in the northwest corner of Connecticut, it was a metropolis. You know, it's like you know, it was it was nice to get out of the sticks and 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 see some see some girls and and <laughs> you know it was you know even though Wesley my my first year was the first year that they went co-ed, um, and uh, you know there was all this hoopla about going co-ed and. And, you know, I was just happy to see girls, you know, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's really uh, how I wound up at, the, at, at Wesleyan. And I, I applied to a lot of schools and uh, I got into most of them because I was a pretty good student. And, uh, and uh, you know, I was, in those days, you were, most people were who were athletes weren't one sport athletes like they are now. They were multi-sport athletes. And I wanted to play in multiple sports and continue to play because I, I, I really like that. 
Yeah, that was my question, Coach. Was 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 your thought process going in that that you would try to play all three? Oh, um, de- yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I and I, but you know, I went from an offense where I, I ran the run and shoot, and and you know, I loved rolling out and throwing the ball, and and, and at that time, Wesleyan was running the wishbone, and it was you know, it was a big adjustment, I, and, and personally. You know, after you go as a quarterback from the run and shoot to the wishbone, you go, oh, this offense sucks. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's like we're not Texas or, or you know, I, 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 I read a lot of coaches books and, you know, I read Bear Bryant's biography and autobiography and or semi-autobiography. But, you know, this the offenses, the changes that they were making. I remember when he, he put it in at Alabama, it was, uh, you know, it was uh, – you know, he had to be convinced it was the best offense because he saw it when Oklahoma ran it. But uh, I'm, I'm I'm just rambling there. But you know, I I, I really uh, I I love football. It was actually my favorite sport. And uh, and then uh, my sophomore, I got banged up in hockey my um, freshman year, and uh, and then I had to you know, and then I I, I also had a numb shoulder for like. You know, they probably would have done, rot- um, you know, Tom rotator cuff or whatever yeah. surgery because I, I was a shortstop in baseball and then all of a sudden I couldn't throw the ball. And, you know, they moved me to second base because it was a shorter throw. But I remember, you know, every time I throw a baseball, I'd be like, oh, my God. And, you know, I, I, he's got a dead arm. He's got a sore arm. <laughs> it was different with who was the guy? Walt Krakowski was a oh, trainer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a classic. Classic guy. Wonderful guy. I love the yeah. guy. Yeah, but yeah. oh, you got a dead shoulder. You're fine. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you end up, you end up, uh, you end up playing goalie at Wesleyan, and you play football and you play baseball. Um, then you finish up at Wesleyan, and you start the. You, you're basically your first job out of Wesleyan is the same job you have right now. Am I correct? I mean, for the most part, not really. Actually, you know, I, when I was at Wesleyan. Uh, after my senior year, I tried out for the Whalers. I played in the East Coast Hockey League, not the East Coast, the Eastern Hockey League for a while, the Cape Cod Cubs and Cape Cod Cubs. And then, then I got cut and I wound up in Wesleyan and my girlfriend was living in Wesleyan. So I was living in Wesleyan. I worked for Lyman Orchards and um, John Lyman gave me a job. He was a wonderful man. And I, I needed, you know, I needed money. And um, Herb Kenny, who was a basketball coach at Wesleyan, wonderful guy, came from Meriden. Uh, he said, hey, you want to make some money and, and uh, coach a team? So I coached Platt High School from Meriden. It's Platt Tech now. And uh, that's how I got my coaching start, um, actually. And they hadn't won a game in a few years. And, uh, you know, I, I managed to win a couple games with them. And, and the, the best thing about that was when I was – coaching they 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 play in the cheshire rink which is now a bazuto warehouse but um cheshire rink the manager of the rink was jack leach and jack leach was brian leach's father and so i got to know jack there and eventually you know paid big dividends because his son brian about seven eight years later comes to avon and uh you know, I didn't know what I was doing as a coach. You know, I was just trial by fire. And, you know, it was like, you know, but, you know, it's, it's, it's the same thing. You communicate with kids and, and, and you have a, try to have a plan every day when you go to practice. And, and uh, 
that's what uh, that's how I started coaching. And then uh, I got a, a call from a friend of mine. He said, "Hey, you know, Avon needs a hockey coach." And so I came to the spring in Avon in 1975, and the headmaster was George Troutman. And he said, uh, "Yeah, all right, I'll hire you. Your hair is too long. You better cut your hair and you know shave and all these other things." Because I, you know, I look like somebody from 1974 and when I had hair. And uh, and then he goes. He said, well, you know, uh, you, you can coach, uh, you teach a couple classes and, uh, you know, work in the dorm and I'll give you, I'll give you your three squares a day and give you a place to live. And so I said, okay, I'll try it. And uh, I went up there and, uh, and I coached thirds baseball. I said, you can coach baseball. Yeah. I had no, I had like a corner of a field. I had 28 kids on the team. And, uh, you know, and, you know, I, I was, I played baseball, wasn't, so I knew, I knew what I was doing. I could coach baseball and I taught two classes. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing. I found out the first day I showed up what classes I was teaching. And I said, uh, I'm, I'm teaching. Uh, I said, he goes, English or math? And I went, okay, either one's fine. I had a liberal arts degree, majored in social at Wesleyan. And, and so, you know, first day I show up, I say, Hey, what am I teaching? He goes, math so that's how, be, how i became a math teacher for 30 years <laughs> and, and, uh, and and you know it's great though and, and 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 so after the you know i was there for a while and i go hey oh, what am i getting paid or what because you never asked for what your salary is and he goes he goes yeah i'm giving me a pen money and i go what is pen money for christ's sake and he goes and he goes well it's um you know and so he, he took, went reached in his wallet and gave me a hundred dollar bill. Here's your, here's, here's, here's what you have for the month. <laughs> and so I, I persevered and survived. And then the next year I got a real job, you know, teaching the four classes, coaching three sports, working in the dormitory and for a grand sum of $5,600. But, you know, you know, that, at that time you could live off that. You could buy, you know, we used to cash our checks at the drugstore down the street and we were good, but different times. And uh, that's how I wound up at Avon and gradually through the system. I progressed through the system and I had a lot of different jobs at Avon. And, um, you know, I was a teacher coach for a long time. Then I was a director of athletics for like 13 years. And then I became the provost and then the associate head of the school for like the last 20 years. And this is my first year that I'm part-time. And I, you know, I continue to coach hockey and I do alumni golf outings, which is, which is great. And, uh, and, and I obviously help in admissions with, with hockey players, but uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a really, the one thing I've noticed, it's hard for me to adjust because I'm used to working. Uh, when you work at a, a boarding school, you work your ass off. I mean, you really work. And, and when I was the, associate head of the school I, I i basically ran the school for 21 years and my and my job was to to run the day-to-day -day operation so you know i took care of the discipline and dealt with you know every problem that came up and you, you get there at seven o'clock in the morning and i usually go home to my house on campus at nine o'clock at night and you know that's that's a long day but you know it is it, the good thing about it is you're working with kids and you're, you're helping them. And, and, you know, I think they appreciate that. So, so coach, you, you get to Avon and, you know, you, you mentioned your second year, you're, you know, you're making a, you're making a real salary and, and uh, feeling like, you, you know, 
okay, I may have landed something pretty good here. But when, when, did, you, when did you start to really feel like you had the opportunity to do something really special with the hockey program? Like when, when did that start to come together for you? Were you really, was it, was it when you got a player like Leach or was it before that? Like when did you really think that, you know, you could really take this thing to another level? That's a good question, Mike. You know, I, I uh, took me a couple of years. We had a couple of tough years, and you know, I would, and then I finally went to the headmaster. And I said, "Hey, you want to have a hockey team? You, you got to get, you got to let me get some players. You know, uh, good players make the coaches, obviously." And so he, he said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And I went up to like Reading, Mass, and I, I got a bunch of really good Massachusetts kids in 70, 78, 79, and then you know, I all of a sudden, you know, the team took off and we started beating all these teams that, you know, that all the other prep school teams that uh, were pretty good. And, and uh, what happened was, you know, once you have some success, then, then kids all of a sudden want to come to Avon and, you know, come to your school. And, and I think that, you know, the, the first group of recruits that I got um, really, you know, built a program, you know, they were first year, I think, I had them, they went like um, 22 and three or something like that. And then, you know, I had, and you know, the most important thing is I had a really good goalie and a kid named Johnny Franzosa from uh, Reading Mass who went on to play at Brown and then he's drafted by the Kings. And he probably would have made the NHL except he got hit, hit in the eye and, and, and uh, he never made it. And, but if you have a, you know, you have, you have a few key players, and the one thing I learned is, you know, it's like, it's like in any sport, you got to be strong up the middle, and and if you're strong up the middle, and you got a goalie, a couple of D and center, and just you know, it's just sort of like baseball, same thing. It's like you're strong up the middle, and you, you, you're that that's sort of the the cornerstone to success. And then the good the thing about it is, once you have some success, then all of a sudden people go, oh, you know, hey let's hop on the bus and uh, let's go there. And, and it's like, you know, I, I can tell you that recruiting now is, is easy. I mean, it's like, it's like, okay. I mean, and especially in the COVID world, I've never seen so many applicants this year to, you know, who are hockey players, it's off the charts. And I don't know if the colleges are dealing with the same thing because it's backed up, but I'm like, Oh my God. You know, every day I get two goalie tapes, two goalie inquiries. I'm why all I'm doing is watching all this YouTube tape from all these people that are sending to me. I mean, the other day I'm talking to my assistant coaches. I go, guys, you got to watch some of these tapes. I mean, it's it's, it's like it, it's mind blowing. But that's you know, that's the way it is now, and I think that's a product of a lot of things. And people are trying to analyze, well, why you know why are they so high? It's so high because. I don't want to say this in the wrong way, but a lot of public schools aren't doing a very good job right now educating the kids. So the parents want to send them to a private school. And, and, and the second part is the, 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 the NCAA has backed everything up uh, big time. And then, and then the third thing is I think as a school, Avon has done a really good job and people know it because we're playing, we're, we're playing, we're getting it done. And we're really putting a lot of people, to, you know, a lot of people to shame. I mean, it, the fact that, hey, we're doing this the right way. We found the, the method and you guys, you know, aren't even trying. I mean, I, I, when, when I heard about COVID, I, I went to the head of school and I said, look, we got to play. We got to play. And, you know, we're going to lose our niche if we don't play. 
And the schools with the big war chests, you know, they can just go, oh, no, no, no. And I won't say any of those schools, but, you know, they, I mean, yeah. I mean no, no, we don't have to, you know, we, we can, you know, we have a huge endowment and we can do this. But, I mean, it's better to be lean and mean sometimes. And, and, and I think that we have, people know that. And it's recognized, at least in our small little hockey world, that hey, look, look what Avon's doing. Look, you know, they're playing. You know, they're they're, they're doing it for their kids. And you know, we, and we even have like um, I think we have the players are allowed to have two parents come in the rink, and that's the, the new rule. You know, you can and and the parents appreciate that because you know they're paying a lot of money to send their kids to school. They want to be able to see them play. Hockey parents want to see their kids play every game, no matter what. I mean, that's that's lifeblood. That is lifeblood. It's, it's, you know, and the good thing, the other thing is, you know, with with technology, we live stream every game. Mm -hmm. And we were playing Salisbury the other day, and those are two of the best teams in in New England. And uh, I asked our guy who live streams, and he goes, you know, how many views have we gotten on this? He goes, it's off the charts. He goes, it's like we had 1,500 views the other day. You know, just for the, wow. the game. And and those are those are college guys that can't come to the game and scout and and you know, and obviously parents and relatives, but you know, I, I'm thinking that you know that's pretty good for them. That at least we're that's doing really the right good. thing for the kids. Right. No, that's really that's really good. There's no question about that. And and we talked just just for our listeners, we talked um, you know, offline before we before we started, you know, you had you had kind of told us, coach, that you know, all the protocols were in place and, and that, you know, you guys were doing testing, you know, at the whole school and, and that, you know, obviously taking it very seriously, but again, implemented a plan that you knew would be allow for the opportunity to play and play safely, you know? And I think that I, I, I give, I give you and, and the folks at Avon a tremendous amount of credit for, you know, for, for putting together that plan and then following it through and, and, and standing by it. You know, and it's, you know, it's like, it's a pain because the kids, the kids, they come out, they have to wear a mask, you know, the mask on the ice. And, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, by the middle of the second period, both teams have their masks down here. And, but, you know, I, I don't feel, I don't, I feel because everybody's been tested. They've been tested negative. They've been tested every week. <clears throat> I feel safe. And, and you're not allowed, we have the locker rooms, but every day they're fogged. You know, the benches are fogged uh, or people come in, they're, you know, they're practicing all the right things. And, and I, I give our administration a lot of, uh, of credit for, for, for carrying this out because it's not easy. No, you, know, it, no. it's not, you know, I get on a DACO bus to go somewhere and I look at the driver and I go, hey, were you tested? And he goes, yes, you know, okay, I'll get on the bus. <laughs> and he looks at me, were you tested? I go, yeah, of course, you know, we're, we're tested all the time. And I, it's just, it's a COVID world. And um, it, it's, um, it, I mean, it, it, I, I drool into the, the, whatever it is, the, the, we do the minimus test now, which is cheaper than the, the nose swab which uh, you drool into the vial for a few minutes and get enough, but you know, that's what they're doing. But I think the key is, you know, that the testing has become a lot faster and better and, or, you know, in a few past month. And I, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm hoping next year is a real year. And, yeah. and I think everybody is, I mean, I know you guys, I mean. So, so when the kids came back in January coach, 
did, did they had most of them had the opportunity to skate at home or did you have to kind of start back at square one for, for, for the season? You know, it was, Mike, it was really unusual year in the fact that when, because of COVID, we are allowed the prep NEPSAC, New England prep schools changed their policy and allowed out of season. So I was on the ice for 11 weeks starting in September with all, with a bunch of kids. Actually, it felt like hockey school because I had to do all three sessions. I had the three different groups. And you know, the only difference was I didn't get a paycheck at the end of Friday when, when it was done, but we were on like, <laughs> we were on like five, six days a week. Yeah. And it, it was great. And when we came back, some of the kids had skated and I lost some, some, some pretty good kids uh, to uh, the USHL and the NCDC because, you know, they were guaranteed. And the NCDC did an amazing thing. They went to Tampa and Saddlebrook Resort and they essentially moved their season there for uh, five, six weeks and played all these games. And uh, I give them a lot of credit for doing that. I'm not a big supporter of junior hockey, but I think they, they, they had a good idea. Yeah. And, uh, but the, a lot of the kids, it was, you know, they, they stayed in shape and, you know, actually some of them actually skated on ponds, you know, and, and, in, in Connecticut at that time, it was really hard because there was a crackdown and you could only yeah. have four kids on the ice uh, for a month. And, you know, I said, well, suppose we put something in the middle and we actually took our ice out because the youth hockey wasn't allowed to play. And, we, you know, we didn't have any ice there for uh, six weeks, which was, you know, it was so the kids are all asking me, calling, hey, you know, the ones that lived in the area, hey, can I come up and skate at Avon? I said, we don't have any ice. You can't skate. Wow. So they're all going to the, the, you know, the public rinks and trying to get on. But uh, th those guys, you know, the, the rink owners actually did pretty well because they had the, the, the demand for ice was there and, and they did pretty well. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Chris and Coach Beyond the Box Score, along with the coach Mike Whalen, producer Mike O'Brien, our guest tonight, class of 1974 Wesleyan Hall of Famer, eight-time New England Prep School Division I ice hockey champion, nine-time Founders League champion, and of course, he is the head coach of Avon Old Farms. Coach, as someone who's been around calling hockey at the, at the junior levels and at the college level, something I've noticed that's significantly different just from when I went to high school in the late 90s is with the expansion of the NHL, you see tons of kids from California, from Arizona, from Florida, from Texas that grow up playing hockey. So my question for you is a two-part question. One, within the Founders League, talk about how you mentioned Westy. Talk about some of the schools within the Founders League that have always been good at hockey that have taken it to the, I don't want to say to your level, but have rivaled the level that you guys have gotten to over the last you know 20 years or so. And as a recruiter, how do you explain um, the impact on the game of hockey, having it be, I don't want to say global because it's been global, but national, meaning, you know, the Southwest and, and, and Florida and Texas and California, how that's impacted, how you, how you about go about things. You know, it's funny. We have kids from all over the place and I, you know, I got my team now last year, I had two kids from Texas, Dallas stars because of the, you know, Dallas stars organization. I got a kid from Vegas, you know, I've never seen that. Right. No, Connor, Connor Brazil, I call him Argentina, but you know, it's, his name is Connor Brazil and he, he, and he played for Vegas. And and then you got guys like, uh, you know, like kids from Florida, kid, you know, kid, I'm, and, and it's international. I have, I have Russian kids and, you know, it, it, it's incredible. The, 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 the international 
fact that it's because those all those guys travel you know i mean i have tons i have a couple two kids from california you know one san jose sharks organization one down by la and and you know they're good fighters you know they, they but they, they they like to go to press school because they they um they can they travel every weekend to play so you know it's it's become a, a it's like college hockey. It's a global game. I mean, you look at some of the, even some division three college hockey teams, New England college. I mean, they're over 50% international. Tom Carroll there is like, you know, it's like, it's crazy. And, uh, and, and, you know, I, I try to take a lot of local kids if I can, the Connecticut kids. And, and but you know, it's the, the interest is, is, is completely, uh, it, it's everywhere. I mean, I've kids some, Utah applying kids from Idaho and, and, and it's, you know, I guess it's great, but that's you know, what it is. So. And, and, and the other thing I noticed too, was, you know, just like I said, you know, I, I go to some of these prep schools um, doing some coaching and I see the facilities at some of these prep schools. I mean, I know you guys have always have always had great facilities and you continue to, mm -hmm. to, to have fantastic facilities. But I mean, I remember I went to, I think I went to a, a tournament and, and I went inside the Berkshire school rink and I saw it and I was oh. blown away. I mean, it's, like, it's unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. Oh, it's Taj Mahal. We, we updated a rink a few years ago, put four and a half million in it, you know, and basically in the locker rooms and, our, and, and stuff and brighten it up. And, but, you know, some of the prep school places, there's a few old barns that you don't want to go to, but, you know, there's some of them that most of them are, are uh, are really nice. The facilities are great. It's, it's fun. Coach Gardner. So my question for you is uh, you mentioned attending Salisbury. Um, talk about, talk about, you know, going to an all boys school and then and now coaching and, and, you know, uh, being an administrator at an all guys school, talk about some of the advantages that you see for young men being in that kind of environment. Well, you know, I, uh, I didn't necessarily like when I went to an all boys school because I'd grown up there and, uh, but I think, you know, a single sex education, uh, particularly for boys, is, is great. And we're, our location is good because we're in Avon and there's Miss Borders, which is five minutes away, and Ethel Walker's, which is an all-girls school, which is 10 minutes away. And, and frankly, it's, it's, it's something I use when I recruit kids. And, and, you know, people go, oh, you're all guys, you know, and oh, oh yeah, it's guys. I go, I go, hey. You're 16 years old, 15 years old, and you go to a co-ed boarding school, okay? You get a girlfriend, okay? And that's great, and you're, ooh, and, but, you know, it's like being married when you're 16, and you can't deal with that. And, 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 and frankly, you know, suppose you break up with her. You're public enemy number one. Right. You were, you were supposed to have breakfast with her, you're supposed to have lunch with her, you're supposed to have dinner with her. I said, but it's, you know, boys and girls are different at that age. And it's it's uh, part of the growing up process. Obviously, you have to learn how to, to deal with the opposite sex. And, you know, but it's for me, you know, it, 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 it really allows the kids to focus on what's important. And, and that's their schoolwork. And 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 in a lot of cases, they're they're athletics. So. You know, there isn't that distraction there. And I mean, obviously, it's still there because in the pre-COVID world, all the there'd be quite a few women on campus all the time. And, and, and 
and hockey players are sort of the celebrities at Avon, and 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 I, you know, I, I mean, it is what it is, but it's different. <laughs> it's different now. I mean, it's, I mean, it's like it's. I don't know. We got to get back to normal because it's it's. it's you know, what are your activities this weekend? Well, we're going to have a dodgeball, and then we're going to have a dodgeball, and then <laughs> it's hard. You know, it, it really is hard now. And but I think that uh, you know, uh, at a, I grew up at a boys' boarding school, and I worked and I worked at a boys' boarding school for a long time. And I think I, I think it has a lot of positive things. I really do. So, you know, obviously, you guys have had incredible success, and you've been fortunate enough to coach so many guys that have had professional careers, NHL careers, also coach multiple Stanley cup winners. So I want to, what I want to know is how many times have you been in the presence of the Stanley cup in the same room? I'm guessing it's at least my guess would be at least four or five times. Yep. I think so. I went to quickie Johnny quicks party in uh, Greenwich, which was a great party. And, uh, and, and and then we had uh, uh, I never Leachy never brought it there to us because he had the parade in New York City and then, and Nick Benito brought it a couple times and then we had like a, you know a couple different parties with it and I remember saying goodbye to it one night in West Hartford <laughs> at, at a restaurant when when the guy goes okay it's midnight I said wait a minute you know Cinderella it's all over I think we were at Grants in West Hartford and that was where his after party was. And, and, and we're sitting, you know, in the back room in some bar. I think it was Grant. I think it was Grant's. And everybody's sucking. And, the, and the, the keeper of the cup came. It wasn't Phil Pritchard, the guy with, you know, the Captain Kangaroo haircut. It wasn't him. It was the other guy. Was And he goes, okay, I got to get on a plane and go. I guess he was going to Minnesota the next day. But it's a really cool tradition that they have with the with a cup, how they, you know, each player signs up for a day and they get it. And then they, they sort of go from region to region, which is, you know, that's it's, awesome. So it, it's, it's really a, a cool thing. And the players have the, have the parties and, 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 uh, you know, it's, it, it's a great time. I, uh, I've been to a few of them and had a, had a really good time. So the other thing, coach, I, you know, just getting back to, to, to recruiting a little bit and, and, uh, you know, given, given our listeners just a little bit of insight as to, you know, you, you have, you know, the kids that you're, you're, you're going to try to recruit to come to Avon as ninth graders and they come into your program and, you know, they kind of, you know, feed up through the system all the way through. Then you, you might get kids that are either a repeat sophomore or a repeat junior, um, the kids that come into the program that way, kind of halfway. And then you also have the, the, the postgraduates, you know, so you know, just, just kind of talk about, you know, that, that, that process and, you know, how that all kind of comes together for each team every year. You know, I try to have a, I try to have a, a hierarchy in place, you know, with, you know, a certain number of kids and every year, you know, you think you got it down and, you know, there's always a few curveballs that are thrown at you. You know, ideally you have, you get the kids in ninth or 10th grade and, and I don't take a lot of older kids. Uh, we're one of the few schools that we, we really develop the kids and, and take them young. And I try to get really good kids to come in young and, and develop them. And, and, you know, we have maybe one. Uh, this year I have uh, one postgrad. And then next year I plan on having, you know, one postgrad. And, and, and basically, 
you know, you, you try to take kids so you have them in the program for a few years. There's some schools that, you know, focus on taking a lot of postgrads, but I, in order to build the culture that you need to have, you need to have the kids for a few years and you need to develop that loyalty and, you know, they need to feel part of the school and not like they're hired guns for a year. And the kids that, I mean, I, I could take, I could feel, I could have all postgrads easily. And I just, you know, the few postgrads that I take, they, they got to pass the test, you know, and I got to look them in the eye and it's hard this year, you know, because <laughs> you know, they're not allowed on campus when the other kids are here. So we go on break on March 11th and, you know, it's going to be two weeks of, of kids trotting in and, and who've been accepted. And, you know, and you just got to sort of look them in the eye and see if they're the right, the, the right stuff, because, as you know, it's, you know, it's like you interview somebody and they're like, okay, yeah, well, they're fine. But, you know, you don't see their body language. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't. I mean, sometimes the parents kill it for you because the parents, you go, oh, apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I don't know if I want that. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I mean, I think I have the right, the right kids that I want. And the, one of the kids I'm recruiting is a kid from Melrose, Mass, who's a stud three sport athlete. He was, quarterback of their football team they didn't play this year but he won the super bowl and it's a hockey player sort of rough and he played lacrosse and uh, he was also uh, they didn't have lacrosse last spring so he took up golf and was like the number two guy on the team and i go that kid's an athlete yeah, I, yeah. I want that kid and he's a tough kid and i said okay that's that's my guy and you know i looked him in the eye and looked, and i said okay this is you know, I, I want this kid because I think he'll benefit from the school and he'll 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 give back and and, and you know any I mean it costs a lot of money to go to school and if you're gonna you're gonna you only have a limited amount of financial aid and and you've got to spend it wisely and I, and and I think you know at my age I don't deal with jerks I don't want to deal with jerks I mean you know, no matter how good you are I don't I don't want to deal with you because you know, it's it's about the team. And if you get the right kids, I, I mean, I had great leadership last year. I had, I had two kids, one from uh, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, uh, Gentry Schamberger, who w went to Boston College this year. And uh, his dad was Bucky, who was a great running back at Georgia Tech. And, uh, and, and I said, you know, I had that kid for four years. And I said, you know, I love this kid. This kid can play anywhere. And he, and he was a great leader. And, and uh, then I had a little... Little uh, kid from Texas, Tabor Heaslip, who's out in the USHL and is a UConn recruit. He's going to go there next year. And, and I said, I, you know, I got two kids from faraway lands that are that are that are unbelievable leaders. But when I talked to those kids, I, I knew it. You know, I I, I knew it. And I said, oh, geez, I want this kid. You know, because he's he's what he's got the right attitude. It's about team. And if you you know, as a coach, you you build that culture and you get the right kids in and you know, it's, that's what it's all about. You don't have yeah. to worry about, you don't have to worry about much. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like, Hey, this, we're going to take care of that course. Don't worry. You know, boom. Make sure, make sure the bus is on time. You'll be all set. Exactly. <laughs> and don't be late for that bus. That's it. That's it. <laughs> well, coach, coach, every week, you know, we, we tend to ask people this same question. And I know you mentioned that you were a sociology major, right? Liberal arts. Um, you know, I know that a lot of your, I can just tell from, from talking to you that your background has kind of uh, molded the way in which you lead men, right? 
and explain to how explain to our, our listeners how how your education at Wesleyan kind of developed your coaching style and, and, and developed the way in which you're leading these young men on a day-to-day basis, how it molded it. Chris, I'm going to tell you something. I was probably the, uh, I was, I wouldn't want me as a player because, <laughs> because I, you know, I, I, I mean, I learned from myself, I think, and, you know, I had some great coaches that were really good men, and uh, Pete Costi was a wonderful guy, and I had I had Norm Daniels, and and I had Dave Snyder, and they're 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 really wonderful guys, and um, I you know I I feel privileged to have them as coaches because they they just super guys, and and I enjoy talking to them, and but you know I remember my senior year uh, when Costi took over from Norm Daniels, and. And Kasi brought me in. He goes, well, you're the captain. And it was Rick Burpee, who was a junior and me. And I'd been the captain the previous year, which is a tough year. And then that was uh, Norm's last year. And and then uh, Pete Kasi took over. And, he, and Kasi came. You know, we, we had a talk one day. He goes, John, I know you're a competitor. I know you want to win. But, you know, you got to be ready to play every day. And I go, Costi, I got you. I got you. And, you know, we won. Actually, my senior year, we won winning as much as we could win. We won the ECAC baseball championship. And, you know, and basically, you know, he just said, hey, when it's game time, I don't care what you do, but be ready to play. And, yeah. and you know, and, and, and I appreciated that. And it was basically turn the brakes on and focus on what's important. And, and, uh, and you know, I, I – as far as the coaches gave me great advice and they were, they were, they were really good people that I felt I could talk to. And, and, and that's, you know, what I appreciate in Wesleyan. It's, it's, you know, it's not like, you know, player coach. And a lot of time you're talking to somebody who's, um, um, you know, you can talk to frankly, one-on-one man to man. So one other question I have, uh, Coach, before we get to our we fi- we always finish up with a with a gauntlet. It's a series of ten questions that we're gonna we're gonna ask you. Um, oh. Don't worry, it's easy. Don't worry about it. But um, the question I wanted was to ask you was just um, you know you got you know the the, the great players that potentially um, you know have that opportunity to to either get drafted or go play college and. You know how do you how do you help those kids navigate that process? Well, you know, that's a that's a good question. It, it, it's, it's different now. There's a lot of uh, family advisors and agents out there, you know, that complicate the, the the problem, and they're trying to justify their existence. You know, whether they're getting paid or not getting paid, or you know, and and, and you know, you, you just try to be upfront and honest with them, and say, hey, I, I I always say go to college, get the best education you can, go to the best school that you can. And, and play. And you know, a lot of kids, particularly, you know, are hung up on, you know, being a D1 player and being recruited. And if you, you know, the, if you're committed, you're like a made man in the mafia, you know, you're a made man. And, and, and that's big with kids. But the, the, I, I try to advise them to go where you're wanted, where you can play. And, and people are going to find you. They're going to find you, you know, it, with all the communications devices that we have out there, they're going to see it and they're going to see a play. And that's, 
I, th I think too many people get hung up on, you know, going D1 and playing, you know, and, and a lot of kids go to D1 and I have a lot of guys, you know, that are fourth, fifth line and, you know, they dress them one night and the next night they're in the stands and, and, you know, you know, and hey, it, it, it's hard. I mean, I know that the division three programs are over recruiting now. Yep. I mean, you know, there's those D3 NESCAC schools with 28, 30 guys on the roster. You know, and it's just, it's hard, but, yep. you know, that's sort of the way it is. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, Chris, are we ready for the gauntlet? I think so. Sure. Coach Gardner, first of all, we appreciate your time, but before we can let you off the hook, we got to do it. We're going to ask you 10 questions. They're all based on Wesleyan. They're based on your life, a little combination of both. Oh, yes. Just answer the first thing that pops in your head. No pressure. You know, uh, I, I have very high expectations for you. I, I know you're going to not let us down here it's gonna be nothing, nothing but entertaining if nothing else so let's let's get after it coach Whalen, you lead it off okay all right so coach uh either your favorite professor at wesleyan or what was your favorite class that you had while you were at wesleyan either my or fa my favorite professor was willie wallace willie, willie wallace yes, yes. History. history history yes loved his lectures i used to I used to actually go to his early class because it was so good. You know, you uh, do you know uh, Bill Mandigo, the the head women's hockey coach at, at Middlebury? Yep. He he was on this. He gave the same answer. <laughs> good. Yeah. Hockey coaches feeling the same guy. I love that. Who's the most influential person in your life, Coach? Probably my dad. Without a doubt. All right. So so we I think we answered this. Uh, when we when we were talking about you know when you graduated from West, so I'll, I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you a little out there if you have if you what was your first job graduating from West or what was your most entertaining job while you were a student at West over the summers anything either one. <laughs> well, my first job uh, after Wesley and it was two jobs. I was coaching hockey at Platt High School and I was. Yep. Trimming trees at Lyman Orchards, getting paid piecework. <laughs> okay, that's good. Okay, Coach, if you were forced to cheer for one school, would it be Amherst or Williams? <laughs> <laughs> Hate them both. <laughs> there you go. Good 0. answer. Point zero. Good answer. I love it. I love it. When you were five years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? Baseball player. Okay, what's the best piece of advice you've received throughout your life? Do everything in moderation from my grandfather, Jesse Sanford. Nice. In three words, can be any three words you want, describe your Wesleyan experience. Um, fun. Uh, eye-opening and grateful. Good answer. What do you most miss? Uh, what do you miss most about Wesleyan? Oh God, the parties, the, <laughs> the people being young again. I mean, I had, a, I had such a great time at Wesleyan. It was just like, you know, it was like, uh, I mean, 
it, it was a really fun time to be there because it was just like one party after another. It's like, oh, which party am I going to go to tonight? Oh, I got I got practice tomorrow. Oh, at nine o'clock. No, no nine o'clock classes. <laughs> so that's why. So that's why Coach Costi told you you just had to show up ready to play, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. I got it. I got you. I got you. All right. Uh, what was the what in your opinion? What's the best Wesleyan highlight since you graduate? You know, from from, from your since you're affiliated with the school. So, so since 1970, when you first became affiliated with the school, what's the best Wesleyan highlight? Oh my God. It, it's, it's a bunch of us watching, feeling so proud. Uh, you guys bring the football team back and winning the, the little three. And then, and, 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 you know, last year I was so proud when the hockey team won the NESCAC championship. That was just awesome. You know, yeah. and, you know, I remember being the doormats of the league and then, you know, I was, when I'm watching that, I was like, it was awesome. You know, just I, I, I'm really proud and happy that, you know, that you guys and Mike in particular, you have, have made Wesleyan, uh, you know, a, a relevant, a relevant athletic program, because for a while I was really worried, you know, in my years, it was it was tough. And I remember, you know, we beat Amherst a couple of times. That was a big deal in hockey. And, but, you know, across the board, it was, it was, it was hard for a bunch of years that we were getting our ass kicked by Amherst <laughs> and Williams. And, and, you know, and it was like, Oh, Wesleyan's really the little part of the little three. And I, I, I appreciate all that you guys have done to, to rebuild the athletic program. It's, you know, I could, I, I work with a bunch of people from Amherst and Williams at, at Avon. And, you know, I, I like going, Hey, who won the other day? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You, know, uh, you made good. my day. That's good. That's good. Okay. Coach Gardner class of 1974. Last question. Who is the West alum you would most like to share dinner and perhaps a cocktail with? Uh, the West alum. <laughs> mm, you know, I don't could know. Be, could be, could be a classmate you haven't seen since. since oh were- yeah. There's a bunch of guys that I've lost contact with. That I'd love to have a couple beers with, you know, and, so give, us, give us, give us, and, and, you got any names? Give us a couple names because they might, you never know. They might listen to this. You know, it's like, I'd love to have a beer with Dougie Cole or Dave Skinner or, you know, Ed, or, um, uh, oh God, there's just, just, just a lot of guys, Billy Devereaux and, and you know, we're pretty good. Bill, Billy Devereaux. I can make that one happen. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, everybody goes, oh, you want to have dinner with Belichick? You know, I saw Bel- I see Belichick every once in a while. And, you know, yep. he's a regular guy. And, uh, yep. you know, and so I saw him at Choke one time when I was coaching his daughter's there. And he comes up and all the kids go, that's Bill Belichick. And I go, yeah, we went to school together. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's a regular, he's a good guy. He's a regular yep. guy, you know. Yep. And, and, and uh, you know, there's a lot of, I, the one thing I, I that I'm upset about is through my years because of my job that I didn't get a chance to come back to enough reunions at Wesley and, and connect with my classmates. And, you know, it's like, uh, you know, and now that you don't have any, now that I'm semi-retired and I could go back and do all these things it's, and COVID has sort of screwed it all up. It's like, right, right. It's, it just sucks. I mean, when you get older, you appreciate all the guys that you've seen. I mean, I ran into a guy, 
the other day that I hadn't seen in like 40 years. I was playing golf at the Farmington Country Club and the guy goes to me, he goes, hey, you know Gary Flynn? I go, the big left-handed pitcher from Warehouse Point? And he goes, yeah. He goes, well, yeah, he, he's my uh, father-in-law. And so, you know, we connected with him, but, you know, it's just like, it, it's a small world and, and uh, it's important to connect with those people because he, 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 I mean, I had, I was supposed to have my 50th reunion at Salisbury uh, this past year and it was canceled because of COVID. And, you know, I had all these guys looking forward, some guys you hadn't seen in years and, yeah. and you know, like 30, 40 years and in some case, 50 years. And, yeah. you know, everybody's coming back and then it just canceled. And, and then this year it's canceled again. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's just, I mean, it, it just sucks. Yeah. But, yeah. but I, I no, there's a lot of guys that, that I played with that, um, that um, I'd like to reconnect with and, you know, hopefully well, it happens. Yep. Great. Well, coach, we really appreciate you spending the time with us tonight. This has been great. And uh, again, congratulations for all the success you had. And, and, you know, I know I, when you, when you were, you know, inducted into the Wesleyan hall of fame, uh, you know, I, you know, I just, you know, I, I, you know, didn't really know of you until then. And, and then kind of knowing that you were a Wesleyan guy and, you know, I've been following, you know, much more closely after that and just seeing, you know, seeing all the tremendous accomplishments, you know, we're, we're so proud of what you've done and what you continue to do at Avon and, and, you know, just a, just a tremendous ambassador of the sport of hockey. And, and we're, we're, we're really proud to have you as one of our alums and, and uh, we really appreciate your time tonight. I appreciate it. When I get some money, I'll contribute some more money to you guys. <laughs> it was like one day I looked at my TIAA and I'm like, hey, I'm rich. And then two days later, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> but I, I, thanks, thanks, guys, for having me. And I, I love all you, you know, I love what you guys are doing. Keep it up. You got Thank it. you. Ladies and gentlemen, quite simply, the greatest prep school hockey coach there ever was, and there still is. He is class of 1974 Wesleyan University Hall of Famer, John Gardner, eight-time New England prep school Division I hockey championship coach. For the coach, Mike Whalen, for the producer, Mike O'Brien, I'm Chris Grace. You've been listening to Chris and Coach Beyond the Box Score. Until next time, so long, everybody. Thank you.